Well, you know, by Western Canada, we include in that the Western coast of the U.S. because uh, it's really one region when it comes to uh, Chinese penetration. It was, uh, it's just been exposed. It was in the front page of the Winnipeg pre, uh, Free Press that this um, Canadian uh, company has been working with the Chinese military, their germ um, warfare scientists in this company in Canada to develop new strains of biological warfare. It, it just shows you the degree of Chinese penetration that's going on besides all the overt stuff like uh, owning most of the politicians and the natural gas now in British Columbia. Chinese direct investment has increased eightfold, eight times. And, and a lot of it's off the radar because it's done through shell companies and other things, but it's a massive uh, takeover investment going on. All With the global economy being in shambles and central bankers moving towards a reset, it's never been a better time to protect your wealth by owning precious metals. Contact Andy at milesfranklin.com. Tell him Sarah sent you. He promised me he will guarantee you the lowest price anywhere in the country. Remember, email Andy at milesfranklin.com and tell him Sarah sent you. It's never been a better time to protect your future than now. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have the great Kevin Annette coming to the program. He is really tuned into what's going on in Canada, but specifically what's going on on the entire West Coast of Canada and the United States. And it's pretty scary how much control China has of Canada, the whole Western part of Canada and our, frankly, our Western United States. But he's going to give us some information that you're never going to hear in the mainstream media. What's going on on the uh, Native American reservations? How these people are being starved out if they don't get the flipping jab? It is absolutely absurd. This is a really great conversation. I always love it when he comes because we have just the, the best conversations. So I hope you get something out of this, this conversation. I also want to tell you that I have been loading some exclusives, more exclusives up on sarahwestall.tv and up on Ebeneer. So no matter what one you join, you can see my exclusives. Often when I go on other shows, those I'll turn into exclusives because I, you know, it's not my content, but they'll let me put it up as exclusives. And a lot of times those are radio shows that, you know, it's harder to find. Uh, but I just put up some more exclusives. I'm also working with Dave Hodges a lot more. He is in Maricopa County. That's where he lives. And so he's been covering this audit and he's getting so much information. And I'm telling you, there is a pushback. In fact, one of his uh, people that he's been, the pushback really is he, they're contacting all of the, the journalists that work with them and doing whatever they can to discredit Dave Hodges so that you will stop working with them. One of the people, and I'm not going to tell you to let Dave do it, is um, got threatened. He said, if you keep working with Dave Hodges, you're going to get killed. And so that's the kind of threats that, that's going on. And his house was attacked. I mean, all sorts of stuff because he's putting out the truth. And I'm telling you, it is a mess. I The, the good part of these audits and the Arizona and the California, there's a court case going through. There's some really good stuff is that it's starting to happen across the country. More people are saying, hey, we need to do an audit too because the corruption is not just in Maricopa County or Pennsylvania. It is literally everywhere. And it's not just on Donald Trump. It is literally down the ticket. It's all over the place. It is 
Democrats that should have won and Republicans that should have won. It's basically anyone that doesn't cooperate with the deep state doesn't get in, no matter what side of the aisle you're in. And, and so that's what they do. They've been, they've been fixing these elections for a long time. Now we're just really seeing it. And it's not just the ballots that, you know, they keep saying the ballots. It's these machines. And unless they fix these machines, I'm telling you, then none of the elections are going to be fair. So you better do an audit in your area because that's the only way we're going to fix stuff. So anyways, I want to tell you that, that we have these exclusives. And then uh, the last thing I want to tell you is that uh, Tetragen on sale for 40% off in the month of May, it really will end at the end of May. So please take advantage of that. That's a great deal. I take it every day just to keep my appetite down. To, it gives me my signals that I'm not hungry anymore. It also helps you burn fat. There's five different ways it helps. And people who've been on it consistently as just a way to help manage and, and take control just love it. There, we have a good review after good review. It, it, it's not a magic pill, so suddenly you're going to lose 30 pounds. It is a way to help you rebalance out your body and take control and be healthy. So that's why I love it. And I also want to tell you, Defy Time, their promotion is through the end of May. I don't know if they're going to uh, keep it going. The actual gel caps or those caps that they have are expensive, but it's a three-month supply, and you get a discount for being a first-time member. And if you're a VIP of mine, which all my listeners are, you get 15% off. And they're throwing in a $300 value facial mask, which will get the telomere lengtheners deep into your uh, skin. You get a pack of, I think there's five or something. There's a pack of them. And you get them, and it's a free thing when you buy the capsule. So that's a May promotion, too, and we're getting closer to the end of May. So please take advantage of all that. And you can find that at sarahwestall.com under my shop. And also my subscription to get on the Ebonier and sarahwestall.tv is under sarahwestall.com under subscribe. Go to also subscribe to my Telegram. I've really been using that a lot. I've been connected to other uh, truth people as well. There's just some... It's, I'm starting to like that. I don't have very many followers. I have, I don't know, 555, I guess, the last time I looked. I'd really like to get it up to one of my main places. And uh, so if you want to follow that, that would be really great. Anyways, let's get into this really great conversation with Kevin Annette. Hi, Kevin. It's so great to have you back. It's great to be back, Sarah. Well, there's been some developments in Canada, and it's very serious because what's going on in Canada seems to be an indication of what they have planned everywhere, at least in the Western countries. Uh, from my analysis, it seems that Western Canada is the area that is the biggest target right now. Can you talk about what is going on there that you've seen? Well, you know, by Western Canada, we include in that the Western coast of the U.S. because uh, it's really one region when it comes to uh, Chinese penetration. And it's not unusual when you look at the history, of course, as we've talked about a lot, that the West is larger and there's a lot more that can go on out here that people don't know about. And uh, we found that with the genocide of Native people and that genocide continuing today. There was just a thing in the news that broke um, in my hometown of Winnipeg, which is on the prairies. There was, uh, it's just been exposed. It was in the front page of the Winnipeg pre, uh, Free Press that this um, 
Canadian uh, company has been working with the Chinese military, their germ um, warfare scientists in this company in Canada to develop new strains of biological warfare and um, biological weaponry. Two of the scientists, they're all Chinese who run this uh, plant in Winnipeg. And um, two of them have even been deported because they were considered security risks, but the, con the companies continue to operate. And um, it, it just shows you the degree of Chinese penetration that's going on besides all the overt stuff like uh, owning most of the politicians and the natural gas now in British Columbia. And the head of the liquid natural gas company, PetroChina, that's operating all over British Columbia. One of these guys is also the general involved with the organ trafficking in Beijing and in China, as you know, that notorious industry that goes on there. And uh, that agrees with my work in the downtown east side of Vancouver, because for many years, cops have been telling us how regularly uh, native women's bodies will appear missing organs. And so there's this whole underground industry and it shows you the extent of, you know, how easily China gets away with this now because they pretty much own the government. They do. It's Well, in the United States, Biden was put in there by the Chinese. It's becoming more clear every day. Those of us who have been following it know already, but the average person is waking up to the fact. Yeah. As far as um, China goes, are you seeing a bigger military buildup there or are you seeing other troops? I've, I've heard some reports that there might be some other troops that China's paying to be there. They're definitely are operating in BC. I've seen them. Uh, we've seen naval maneuvers off the, it's called uh, Georgia Strait. It's the body water between the mainland and Vancouver Island. And traditionally there was a American uh, sub base there at Nanus. Um, it's not operating anymore, but the Chinese vessels have been operating within Canada's uh, territorial limits. We've also seen uh, joint troop maneuvers between Canadian and Chinese troops on in the Gulf Islands, which is right in that same area. Uh, also, the um, really startling new evidence has come out about the extent that uh, Prime Minister Trudeau is personally implicated in not only granting unlimited uh, investment to China and allowing them to station their troops here under the law. It's actually a law, the Foreign Investment Protection Act that he brought in. First thing he brought in when he came to power and it allows you know Chinese troops to be legally stationed in, in uh, British Columbia or anywhere in Canada to quote, protect their investments. But it turns out that since he's come in, Chinese direct investment has increased eightfold, eight times. And, and a lot of it's off the radar because it's done through shell companies and other things, but it's a massive uh, takeover investment going on all over, uh, all over Canada. So my understanding is they've pretty much taken over the farmland or at least the largest owner of farmland. Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's been the case ever since the 90s. If you remember, Hong Kong uh, was handed back to China in 1997 by the British. And after that, there was a huge influx of Hong Kong investors and billionaires. All you have to do is pay 100,000 bucks and you can have automatic citizenship in Canada. So all these billionaires came over. The uh, housing prices went through the roof. It's impossible now to get an apartment in Vancouver under $2,000 a month. It's like trying to live in Manhattan. And these are all Chinese realty companies that own it. And uh, they're just forcing people out onto the street. The homelessness rate is going through the roof. Um, people are dislocating, moving all over. And then all this COVID nonsense is making it much worse, of course, right? 
Well, the COVID nonsense has gone through the roof. Can you tell us a little bit about what they're doing to the Native Americans? Because that is, that will open people's eyes. Well, it's the same old story, you know, you read murderbydecree.com and it's all laid out there how they're going about it now because they've been doing it, of course, the natives for a long time, like mandatory vaccinations. It's been the law since 1874 in Canada for Indians on reservations. Cannot refuse vaccinations or medical treatment or you go to jail. Um, but I got a call uh, about 10 days ago now from a friend of mine who lives on the Tatasquayak Cree Indian Reservation. That's in northern Manitoba. Uh, near Thompson. It's up near uh, Hudson's Bay, almost at the Arctic Circle. And he said uh, their their chief, Doreen Spence, announced on the radio that nobody can leave the reservation without getting the vaccination. And if you try, you'll be instantly arrested. You also can't go down to the local store to get food unless you've got the shot. So they're starving people out now who don't, who haven't had the shot. And uh, my friend said that he and his family have had to try to sneak out there's only one road into town that's shut off by the RCMP and the tribal police. They have to go on the river at night to get out to go get food. That's how bad it is. So whatever they've done to the natives first, they all then apply to the rest of us. So we, we believe that you can see those same measures uh, being deployed soon against people anywhere in Canada, right? Well, and you're saying it's also the West Coast of the United States. I'm very concerned about your statement that they're building biological weapons and it's a known fact in Winnipeg, there was a top CCP official that came out and discuss and bragged that they China won a biological war against the United States, and that's what was waged, and that's what's going around. I, I don't know if it's pure propaganda, who, what happened, but that aligns with what you're talking about with this company. That is extreme risk for not only Canadians but well for the world, but also having being in such close uh, proximity to the United States. Very much. I mean, we all know the, uh, the Fauci-Wuhan connection, but uh, the thing about Canada is that so much of it operates off the radar, not only because the country is so vast and you can hide a lot. We found that with the Indian hospitals where a lot of these experiments first went on decades ago. Um, they were always up in, in, in small little coves up on the uh, British Columbia coast, these hospitals and experimental centers. But now it's um, the whole political climate. It's not, there's no kind of accountable system of government. All of these, these um, regulations coming in are done what's called order in council. They're not even debated in parliament, like most laws in Canada are never debated uh, or brought before parliament. They're done by a few people in what's called the Queen's Privy Council, which is the chief justice, the top bureaucrats, civil servants, the governor general, who can remove the government at any point, one guy, I mean, in that feudal system of government, the colonial system that's never left, they can do anything they want and nobody knows. As a matter of fact, just before parliament shut down, if you remember uh, uh, early in 2020, just before the, the, the COVID measures were announced, parliament actually prorogued itself. That means it just disbanded. There were only less than 10% of members of parliament present. So they did it totally illegally. You know, 30 guys got together out of over 300 and said, we're no longer a sitting parliament. The last thing they did before they, they uh, disbanded was they gave the governor general and the lieutenant governors, who are the, his counterparts in all the provinces, they gave them unlimited power to tax, okay? Now, 
you know, the king taxing without, without the people's permission, that's what sparked the English Revolution in the 1640s. That's yeah. no taxation yeah. without representation that created America. They're doing it now all over Canada. They're just, because they know they're, they're crashing the economy so China can buy it up cheap. And then the tax bill will be handed in an enormous way over to everybody on the ground. So this is a kind of thievery and criminality that goes under the cover, you know, under the cover of these so-called health emergencies, right? Well, it's just very disheartening because you're you're seeing multiple fronts. You're seeing the globalists wanting to depopulate. You're seeing China coming in and taking everything over. You're wondering how all these pieces fit together, you know, because it's all happening. I, I don't know how people can't see it now, but it's the clues are just so strong. How do you see those elements coming together? Well, I think it's, uh, is that a dog at your end or mine? I don't know. That's okay. my end. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, thought the, I thought the cops were coming in the door with the, with the dogs. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. I was waving me, them I gotta off. Fight some cops. No, um, how it's coming together. I mean, I think it's, you know, what's called geopolitics. It's like George Orwell predicted it in 1984. He said there'd be three big powers in the world, Eurasia, uh, East Asia, and Oceania, right? And uh, they'd all be fighting for control. And uh, sure enough, it's the European Union, America, and China and the European Union includes Russia which, and China's on the rise, America's going down and Russia and the European Union's trying to play both sides. And as part of that, China is totally upfront about they're doing what any power would do is um, cause your enemy to destroy themselves. They, they're, they're students of Sun Tzu in the art of war. That's why how Vietnamese won in, in the Vietnam War, they were thinking in guerrilla warfare terms unlike the US Army, right? And um, so China knows that you just cause internal division within America, you cause them to rip themselves apart with civil war and all of this COVID hysteria, and they'll come in and, and uh, you know, people keep saying, why would the government deliberately destroy the economy? Well, that's what they do. And um, the purpose of a recession is to clean out the inefficient units. So the big money, big capital can buy up everything. We're just seeing that on a bigger global scale now. It's the age of the corporatocracy. You know, most of the economies of the world are uh, the biggest economies are not nations anymore, they're corporations. And that's the trend they've tried to create. And the only alternative we have is to go back to what we know, which is, you know, common law, the people governing themselves is really kind of a fork in the road going on right now, right? Yeah, I see that, a fork in the road. I, I think that there's many people who are completely unaware still that'll just kind of go along to get along. And then there's other people that are really not wanting to be part of this. How do you see that playing out? Do you think the people that don't want to be part of it will have their own little societies or what's going to happen? We have to do that. We have to take that step where, and we look to history for how it happens. And, you know, in the years before the American revolution, people were taking action all over. The story I love is uh, years before Concord and Lexington, the Green Mountain Boys in Vermont were closing down all the crown courts and burning up the mortgages because these big, uh, you know, landowners in New York and over in London were forcing all the Vermont farmers off their land. So they said, screw this. They took up arms. They, they uh, would drive out the crown judge of town. They would just drive him out of town and uh, burn, burn down the courts and create their own courts you know, that, that worked in the interest of the people. And I mean, that happened long before the revolution, but it's how people mentally prepared to that. Yeah, we have to take power into our own hands. We, have, we are the law. And that's kind of a basic principle of common law that, you know, 
the the purpose of laws not to harm the people or work for vested interest, but to but to ensure the interests of all the people. And um, from examples in Canada, and I can tell you over the last year, as you know, I've been working very hard through the Republic of Canada to set up these common law assemblies. We had a tremendous response at first. Over 40 of these assemblies set up, hundreds of people because they're so upset over the COVID measures. They got to a certain point, and at the point when we said we have to pass our own laws, and we did pass laws banning COVID measures, keeping tax money in our communities, that kind of thing, people then backed right off. They got frightened. They even sabotaged themselves, right? Um, and dropped away and started smears and attacks on the rest of us who were trying to carry on. You know, whether that was due to infiltrators or not, the point is people get to a point and then they self-destruct almost. And that's a response of um, people who haven't broken away from their slave thinking. They think, well, if we make a deal with the system, maybe we'll survive this, you know? We don't want to antagonize, the, you know, these people too much or they might hurt us, you know? Um, and so the work we're doing now is more on the ground building up in a smaller way, the ability for people to fight back and to know that we can govern ourselves. We just have to find a way to be united more now and stop attacking each other because that's the tendency in, in many of these movements, um, turn on each other rather than the real enemy. They do. Yeah. They really do. Well, I think there's a lot of little movements all over, you know, the movements are forming and there's about six of them or so, there might be more, but there's there's a tendency for them to say no their way is wrong i don't want anything to do with that way it's like oh why can't you just figure out how to work together it doesn't make sense to me because uh, i don't know but i don't know if that's also infiltrated it on purpose as well well our policy you know going back over 20 years uh is in in doing the work about the genocide in canada and that um never work in a large organization keep it small Large organizations are invariably targeted. Um, it's easy to do one or two provocateurs come in. That's why I wrote my uh, whistleblower manual. It goes into great detail about how the state um, infiltrates and how a few people can get an organization to destroy itself through mutual distrust and, and you know, playing on people's fears, but also the egotism. Uh, when people are new to these movements, they are get very excited and think, okay, I found the answer now. Um, Therefore, you don't, <laughs> you know, therefore, you got to do it my way. Yeah, and we're yes, raised in this yes. culture to think like that. We're, we're raised to think very individualistically. And it's hard to simply know how to cooperate and say and be humble. Like Sun Tzu says that in The Art of War, a commander has to be very humble um, because that's the only way he learns. He learns from his mistakes. We learn from the defeat in a battle so we can not repeat that defeat next time. But if you're always fighting each other, you never learn the lessons and you can't carry on, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's the, the point. It seems so easy to trigger humans to be self-destructive, which is one of our yeah. major weaknesses. And so it, it, it must have to get really, really bad before enough of the, the wisdom and the wise people rise up and say enough. And I'm, well, go ahead. Yeah. Well, it's true, you know, Sarah, and there is a core of people who persist. And I often say, a smear campaign actually helps us because it tends to weed out the people who are influenced easily and will drop away from the people who see through lies and keep going and they get strengthened by it. Remember in Vancouver, our first assembly was destroyed. About 200 people were coming to it. And you know the, the same kind of divide and conquer tactics blew it apart. About 20 people survived that. And they're now the core of doing 
the work we're doing all over the West Coast because they're mature. They they've learned from that experience. Okay, this is a method the state uses. Yeah. And what's really funny is that the state always uses the same methods. They're a big bureaucracy and they can only respond in a certain way. Whereas we're a guerrilla movement and we can outmaneuver them all the time by doing the unexpected. And and so that's we always have to think in those guerrilla warfare terms, right? And each time it happens, each iteration, you become stronger because you have more mature, more people who understand. Yeah. And those tactics don't work anymore. You're right. Yeah. So where do you see with this uh, COVID shot? I'm very concerned with um, what doctors are saying, what researchers, really it's the researchers, whether they're doctors or not, um, because I don't see doctors anymore as just practitioners following orders. But the people who actually research and pay attention to the data they're, you know, really, and I've been doing a lot of research too, looking at these things, but it's pretty scary, Kevin. I mean, I'm hoping that we are, you know, human beings can modify. We're pretty, you know, we're pretty able to uh, change and, and adapt and maybe it won't affect us as much as we think. You know, it's, we're, we're energy, right? I mean, I go back to that all, all the time that, um, and even directed energy weaponry. And if you look on, um, it, it, there's a manual published every year called Jane's uh, Manual of Weapons. It's all the new weapons that are out on the market. And two thirds of those new weapons are energy weapons now. Yeah. They're not bullets or yeah. explosives anymore. But it's all about energy. And that was the purpose of a lot of these CIA funded experiments for decades in the mind control research. Find the frequency yep. at which uh, emotions and intelligence operates. You can duplicate though and beam thoughts and emotions at people. On the other hand, we can counter that by first owning ourselves, only in our own energy system, our own thoughts, and uh, not the thoughts we've been raised with because we've been taught to think habitually, which is uh, along certain grooves, right? And that's why when you give a new idea to people, they, they reject it because it's interrupting the conditioning, right? Um, but their own experience blows away their conditioning. You just have to be there to draw, help draw the lessons for them and say, look, there's another way to be, another way to think and, and, and create that, that counter motion. That's how I saw the 60s, you know, it was creating a counterculture that people could opt out of the old system, take away your energy out of it and create something new. And um, it's repeating itself again. I see that in young people today. They know they've just got to get out of this. The ones that are aware. Yeah, the ones that are aware. It's pretty cool, these young people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But the fear that has been promoted throughout this campaign has uh, turned off the brains of a lot of people because you can sit there and you can, and it doesn't matter how much uh, factual information you give people to the point where it just seems like so obvious, they still cannot. Well, don't forget, um, as long as ago as about a, a century, right around World War I, they used to do studies in England and they found that 85% of people on average will believe anything if it's written in the newspaper. They just automatically believe it as fact rather than saying, well, who's writing it? Uh, what's his bias? you know, who's it representing, you know, they just accept it as a, as a fact. And you don't need a lot of people to start change in society. Um, you know, and it's at 15% or less, once we reach there, that kind of middle wheel that can really turn things. That's why um, the that that middle wheel of people who've done a lot more thinking and reading, they tend to be targeted. Yeah. They um, The system doesn't tend to target that 85%. They know they'll jump the line. They tend to target people like you and me and others who um, are supposed to be the managers of society, right? 
that's why like I remember when I was raised in high school I was in a more affluent West End school in Vancouver and we used to get told all the time you're going to be a doctor you're going to be a lawyer you're going to be a politician the idea that one of us would become a plumber was just you know yeah. kind of insulting whereas on the east side the kids are all being told no you got to get a trade raise a family you know it's like that conditioning and um, they want to control the minds of that managerial group us so that we're working for the system but when our group starts breaking from the system that's when they start worrying uh, you look in history every revolution is made by people who are not impoverished but those people who are kind of more middle class who have the time to think and act and um, those are the ones we have to aim for the kids in school um, college students are are really uh, receptive they're our best audiences the youth right yeah, well, that's what I have. I have um, kids that, well, my son just graduated last year and I have another one's in college. And it's amazing how they can be reached if you expose them to this information. Yeah. And don't forget, they've been, they've, ever since the 90s, the internet has been dominating everything. Yes. And they're being raised in a culture where they're inundated with information and they're made to think that knowledge equals information and it doesn't knowledge comes from many sources it's internal it's it, our intuition our imagination um you know and that's affected by this culture that's very analytical right and uh you know it, but so we got to broaden it's no time broadening consciousness again right well one thing i think they overlooked with the young people is you know they they've been inundating them with information but they failed to realize that that there's a lot of undercurrent of information too that those kids got access to. They've seen like this Illuminati stuff. They've seen the Epstein stuff. They've seen, they've been hearing about government corruption. They're, they're hearing about all these things that they can't keep them from seeing. So yeah. there's this undertone, even if they're brainwashed to a certain point, there's this undertone of other information that they've seen that's kind of gnawing in the back of their head that I think will allow us to get to them easier than people realize. Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, also the way it tends to happen is um, a lot of things simmer underground for a long time and suddenly it'll just appear and um, there won't be any indication that people are changing. And it's that hundredth monkey phenomena, right? Suddenly everything changes. Suddenly the ideas all change. And I see that going on, right? I do too. I feel like there's a change going on right now. I don't, I feel the energy change. I don't know. I just told my uh, husband yesterday, I'm like, I don't know what it is, but I feel like something's really changing right now. I haven't seen a lot. I just feel it. And maybe you are too. Oh, all the time. Cause I get out and I meet a lot of people. And uh, the first thing I say to them is, Hey, I've been going around like this for 13 months. I've never got sick once. I know. Um, yes. Do you really think there's a virus out there? Well, <laughs> what does your own eyes and ears tell you? Well, right? and even if, you know, cause the flu virus disappeared. So it's like, well, we, we know that there's something out there that kills people yeah. and whatever, but is it any different than any other year? I mean, it's like so stupid. Yeah. Well, I went in for gas the other day and the guy is a small little gas. I like to patronize the small family firms, not, you know, shell or something so uh I, I went to this gas station and the guy was not wearing a mask and he's supposed to right it's a big sign they're saying everybody has to put it on and i didn't have one on either we kind of looked at each other and smiled and he said this is a lot of bullshit isn't it and i said it sure is i said don't forget that tell your friends he said oh i tell everybody it's a lot of crap i'm not going along with this well and it depends on where you're at if you're in certain parts yeah. of the country it's way more i'm not in that type part of the country i'm in more of a 
really blue stronghold, you know, communist Chinese stronghold. And um, you feel it, you feel the difference. And then when you get out into the rural areas, it's almost like you can breathe again. Right, very much. That I would say over 80% of the people in Baldwin are Republic or small town or rural. They're not city people by and large. Yeah, because they tend to, they think on their own more. They're independent, yeah. more independent being away from the big city environments. It was farmers and country people who made your revolution by and large, right? Yeah. Well, I'm a little concerned about the raise of food prices and them trying to engineer a food shortage. Um, there's some information now. And, and my understanding is by reading history, you know, the easiest way to control people is through food shortages. Yeah. And true. they've done it almost every single war that we've been in. Do you foresee them doing the same thing here? Well, it's exactly what they're going to do. And they're doing it with that example I gave of my friend on the Cree reservation in Northern Manitoba. They said, you can't go to the store unless you get the shot. That's a test balloon they're trying out on the reservation. I'm sure they're going to try the same thing by the summer or fall elsewhere in Canada. They'll, you know, they'll pick a, one community to try it in. The problem is if you're in a big city, there's a lot of, a lot of ways in and out of the city and they don't have the, 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 the person power to shut down a whole city. They don't have enough cops, even the, if they brought the army in, it wouldn't be enough. So they really have to rely on people's compliance. And if enough of us, we reach that critical mass where enough people are saying no, then it can't work, right? That's what we've got to get to. That's exactly right. Now, the, the vaccines, the jabs, I, I, I know everybody's just irritated to even hear the word vaccine because it's not a vaccine. It's just a lot of people see it or hear it that way and understand what we're talking about but I'm talking about the shot, the jab, the ridiculous experimental treatment. Now that's against all 10 Nuremberg codes. It is yep. crimes against humanity. Do you foresee that we'll get to this end point where there will be another Nuremberg trial and not only the health officials, but also these propaganda journalists and politicians will put, be put on trial for crimes against humanity? Well, that Nuremberg trial has to happen all the time, as many places as we can do it. The people have to take back the law into their hands and conduct their own investigations, make their own citizen arrests. But it starts with this refusal in us, this mental drawing a line saying, we will not cooperate. We're not crossing that line. And at that point, it becomes pretty self-evident to people what they have to do, right? Um, we find that when we're approaching police all the time. And when we tell them, you know, we're not cooperating with these measures. We passed a law in our Republic assemblies. They don't challenge it. They agree. They know that if people get together and pass their own laws and, and do their own investigations, make citizen arrests, that's all lawful and should happen. Because in reality, there is no uh, lawful system left, as we all know. There is no rule of law. The courts aren't operating. Um, perfect example, in Canada, they just arrested three or four pastors who were trying to keep their churches oh, open and in section 176 of the criminal code of canada it says if anyone stops a minister from conducting his church service he can go to jail for two years well those cops should then under the criminal code have been arrested for trying to arrest the pastors but they weren't because the criminal code isn't operating the, the law isn't the government isn't it's it's just all a hand puppet behind which is the corporatocracy naked power and repression yeah the only way we respond is by creating the law ourselves reclaiming the law, re recreating it because it's it's not operating unless we do it. Well, that gets me to the common law. You're putting together common law assemblies. 
Um, who can people get hold of? How can people learn more about it? It is just so great that you're you're changing the mindset of people, which is what we need to do. And it's it's so great. I talked to um, Mike Holtz in Australia, who is also trying to do that. I'm just I, I love seeing more people trying to do that. I want more people working together as if I whatever I want happens, but that's ideally we get just more people opening their mind to working together, but how can people learn more about it, reach out to you or whatever they need to do to, to get on board? Well, the most basic thing to do is to see our website, which gives you a complete rundown of how to set up uh, assemblies, uh, republicofcanata.ca, K-A-N-A-T-A, republicofcanata.ca. And I'm at uh, angelfire101 at protonmail.com, just write to me. We have material to send out. Now, Americans know this stuff inherently because it's in your own history. We've had to create it from scratch in Canada, uh, you know, because people don't understand what self-governance is here. But uh, neither in Australia, Mike Holt and what they're doing is a success story because about three years ago, he came to me. He was all excited. We got about 50 copies of our common law training manual to him. It went over all over the country like like uh, wildfire. They now have dozens of these assemblies. Like we spark that. And the same thing can happen in America, right? You know, it, it, it's, it's an example of uh, dropping a match in the right environment and boom, it just takes off. We're finding that more and more now. That's really great. It's, it's really good to see people uh, reaching out and trying to get things to happen. Now, one thing that I always seem almost laughable is when people always point to the United States and how the United States is so much more ahead and aware and all this stuff. And, and I guess maybe we are in comparison. To, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, well, I I know, the grass know. is always greener. I know. It's true. <laughs> Really, I mean, I'm looking at our our president who was placed there with barbed wire around Washington D.C. and wondering well, what the hell we're how the United States okay, is so great. It's very it's because of the very fact that Americans had that that revolutionary tradition of self governance. That's why they're coming down so hard. Um, you know, because they've got to root out that whole notion of what a republic really is. That you know, John Adams put it perfectly. It's the first time in history that there is no authority over one, anyone. The people govern themselves. He said, the only crown is the crown of reason that people put on their own heads. I love that, right? There's just our conscience and the law, and there's nobody that's ruling over us, right? Except self-governance. And so um, they've got to totally stamp out that idea. And that's why they're targeted so heavily, They whether it's coming from China or you know other dom yeah. domestic enemies to the constitution. but in Canada, we, we're not as much of a, th a threat because we've, we've always thought in those feudal terms. We, you know, when I first did the work about the genocide and, and challenged the churches and government for their mass murder of native children, they all consider me a traitor. How dare you attack the government of churches, oh, you know? Geez. Whereas in America, people were saying, oh, great, you took on your own government. That sounds great, right? <laughs> I suppose, and we're fighting back big time in this country with what's going on more and more people are waking up to the fact that this election was just rigged and stolen and that we got a puppet in the white house so it, we are seeing that which is really great you know one thing i am just so thankful that we've become friends over the years and you know i never thought a few years ago when we i don't know now three four years ago when we first started talking that we'd be talking about this and it would got it would come this far 
it's true, you know, it's unpredictable, but it's important for people to hang in there with each other and, and what we know is right and we'll win. I know that, you know. I think so too. So thank you so much, Kevin. I really appreciate you uh, talking with me today. Okay, Sarah, thanks so much.